Central stage. Oh, that's for sure. Big crowd tonight, huh? Oh yeah, crowd. <laughs> My performances must be getting dull and tedious. Then I have to spice things up, like play around with electrical uh, currents, <laughs> juggle firebrands. Want to be mastered moving this uh, body around. Okay. Have you any questions for me before we get into the serious matter of this evening? Okay. Um. Well, I got tons of questions, but since we're working on Farsight in that last Um, that's uh, in a few days. If you remember, the scheduling was for Farsight last time. Shielding this time. Oh. Let's look through your notes. Wednesday, Friday. Oh. Final capability of shielding. Correct. But you have questions concerning power site? Yes. Um, number one then. How do you manage to Avoid the sleep phase of our site. Me? Personally? Oh, I'm sorry. How do I avoid the sleep phase of our site? Um, by keeping yourself, uh, stimulate yourself beforehand so you have an energy flow. And it seems that we still have this cold with Almost gone. Good. It's almost gone. Okay, first of all, you get yourself active and then you relax. Get the um, adrenaline current mm -hmm. and then you relax. You know, you could have something like a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or um, hmm, cheap out a few aircraft or something. Dastardly Huns. <laughs> Dastardly Huns explain Hun. Uh, that would be the German fighters of World War II bombers, the uh, computer game that we play a lot. Okay. Uh, maybe accessing. Like 15, Hurricane? Yeah, that's the one. Uh huh. But uh, my problem is I, when I stimulate myself with coffee or tea, you have the problem of. Still being aware of your body here. Right. I can see either one or the other. If I go to a point like tonight mm -hmm. where I disassociated myself from my body completely, got myself to Hades base, and promptly fall asleep. Mm -hmm. But when I drink tea or coffee or I get stimulated and I go farsighted. You're aware of your body. Yeah, I farsight fine, but I cannot separate the two. Mm -hmm. 
conundrum. Yeah. Have you um, tried the deep breathing technique? Yeah, tried the breathing. Um, tried the switches. What about the chakras? Tried the chakras. Mm, possibly it's just that you need practice. Um, shutting down as much stimuli around you as possible, such as decrease the amount of lighting. Um, that's where my plugs. problem comes in. See, that's what I did tonight. Yeah. And it's so close to the same phase I used to induce sleep mm -hmm. that my body says, good night. <laughs> yes, that is uh, a little bit of a problem. <laughs> But I'm going to keep working on it. I'm yes. not giving up. It's, Don't give up. I won't. It's my goal for life, and I will get this down. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm not be patient on this one. Can you explain why the channeler has the influence of a little bit of nervous apprehension? Well, he had questions about parts of the tape where Tia and Kiri were fighting to get control mm -hmm. of his body there. Um, and you um, wanted me to think it's that. Okay. Um, you got me. Now we will try to get hold of him and ask him what he Okay. Okay, next question. Okay. Um, working this evening, or this, yeah, a little earlier this afternoon on uh, manifestation. Mm hmm. And I thought you might like this information. Okay. Um, got in contact with Fire Beaver this evening. Mm -hmm. And used uh, a negative feedback with mm -hmm. continuously, which ran through my right arm to inspire a fire. Mm -hmm. And it worked. The fire came up, and at which point I was contacted by... A, I guess you'd call it an entity of the fire, mm -hmm. which gave me its name and uh, used my energy to build a little bit more fire. And we kind of were <laughs> symbiosis, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. And it was quite uh, enlightening and comforting and lucky. Presumably, this was when you were lighting fire um, earlier on. This afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. Around about four, right? You would have seen a bunch of mental yeah. activity just go mm -hmm. up the wall. Yeah. In which case, I was listening to tubular bells nice. on the headphones. Okay, hold on. No recent memory, right? We just played Board. it. Uh, so. Okay. <laughs> You wish me to say what I was going to say, or you going to explain first? No, go ahead. <laughs> um, it's just that Corton told me that it was filed deep, and that he hadn't accessed it when he tried. And yet it is sitting here, right on the top. Right. I just bought the tape today. Ah. And just before we started the session, I played a section of it for Mark. Um, so the Spanish guitar. Spanish guitar. Glockenspiel. What is? Uh, Spanish guitar would be a six-string instrument with a wider body than most guitars and okay. give a more deeper sound. Okay, Glockenspiel. is like a, a large xylophone, Mark explained to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, well, we will access the rest of it. Mutilated light. Right. Okay. But the rest of the tape I used to um, get Luke going mm -hmm. to inspire me. And at that point, energy coming out of my hand was so hot. Yes. It was almost to a point of uh, uncomfortableness, but not quite. Just needing. And you were using a negative feedback loop. Right. But not yeah. sending it back into my yeah. third eye. But now you are aware of the capability of the negative feedback. Absolutely. And have you been scared by it? No. It was a dramatic breakthrough. I loved every second of it. Be warned, it can be dangerous. No more, and I'm playing with it very carefully. Carefully, yes. As we once um, said about the channel and his manifestation capability concerning um, second player to something <laughs> accidentally, perhaps you ought to purchase <laughs> a fire extinguisher. Might be an idea, but. Um, what was interesting, well, the entity that I contacted mm -hmm. was every bit uh, as uh, elemental of fire as I could get. Mm -hmm. The whole persona yeah. was fire-like. Mm -hmm. From, it was, his name's Ember, mm -hmm. or its name is Ember. And one minute there, not living, and the next minute it's brought into life to full glory and then back down to its namesake. It's mm -hmm. one Okay. It's very important if we require that thorough study. Okay. Um, I assume other elementals can be contacted similarly. Yes. With work. Mm -hmm. With practice and uh Skill and determination. Got all that. Okay. Alrighty. On to work. Next question. Ah. On uh, auras. Okay. I am currently reading a book called The Human Aura. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's a two books that I'm reading now. One is on the human aura. One is on Navy Seals, which is not to be confused with the mammal. Oh. Okay. This is a special elite um, uh, special elite service. Um keen on plant planting limpet mines. Correct. Blowing things up from underwater. Right. Demolitions mm -hmm. and the others. Okay. And uh through reading this have given me an almost military training style to of the story things. Oh, how to approach my studies. Oh. You're setting up a regime for studying. Right, but with a kind of aggressive, you get to it, don't laze around, work, work, work. Go for it type right. thing. Okay. What we caught on said, do or do not attitude. Right, do or do not. So that's what they took the attitude on the embracing here in this book is definitely helping. The other book I got on the aura was describing um, how to see the aura <coughs> through a book written back in 1920 by an author named Kilmer. Mm -hmm. 
and he was using a coal tar dye called Desianin. The cyanamon? Yeah. Which he would put in an alcohol base on a screen, which would give the eye an ultraviolet kind of look. I thought you said that he was almost over it. He was, according to him, according by his information. <laughs> but my question is that's interesting okay Karen right the question is the cyanin became unavailable after the first world war due to the fact that it became unavailable yeah and then other methods were used mm -hmm. uh, leading up to today's Kirillian photography yes um, wondering if there is a way of seeing the aura uh, using artificial means that has not been explored lately, since all the books I can find on it are out of date as far as what's normal or current. Um, you could try looking in libraries at uh, universities. Um, Last question. Uh, that's it. Ready for work. Okay. Shielding capabilities. Right. You know, that it's not very often that I handle this. I know, and I'm more surprised, actually. But I have been instructed. Um, okay, first of all, we will take a look at static stream. Okay. okay. Now, this is a mixture of visual and mental and audio. The audio part of it is um, the sound of hissing, roaring, white noise. The visual part of it is the um, white and black dots whizzing around on a uh, television screen correct and the mental part is generating this onto the outer part of the shield that you have this hissing roaring noise and then you have all the, um, the dots whizzing around around the outside as if being projected onto the screen okay the way to do this is, having constructed your shields, you must visualize and also hear it so that it is more work than just visualizing because your shields do not make any noise. By visualizing and hearing the hiss and the war and seeing the dots whizzing around, you get to be able to construct this over your screen as a final touch. It's projected from the mind to a central point, which then, um, due to its nature, disperses it over all of the, um, the shield. Hmm, kind of like a point paintbrush in a water spot. Yeah. 
and it spreads out and covers the whole entire shield. Okay, and so with the shield spinning around, it would become a sleeping vacuum. Mm-hmm. Cover you totally. And the noise would confuse anybody trying to penetrate it. But it does take quite a bit of mind to generate it. That's why it sounds easy. Um, there is a military analogy, as you seem to be in that frame of mind, that in war, the, easy, the hardest things are easy, and easy things are hard. Now, would this be on just my outer shields, or yeah, would this just, be on all three? No, just the outer shield, because it's projected out onto the outer shield. So, in other words, like, create, like, a halfway... No, it penetrates through your inner and central shield to your outer shield. It is like an umbilical cord, almost. And then from there it spreads out. You have to keep it constantly supplied with energy so that it runs the static sound and the static uh, visual effect all the time. This is the mental part of it. So, it doesn't become automatic like your screen? No. We have to keep it running. It is a thing that you add in certain situations. Now, how serious is the situation going to be called for where this would be needed? That is up to your own discretion. It is for you to choose and decide when it is necessary. I mean, is there a particular situation to look for? For example, um, I feel someone pecking on my shields. That wouldn't be enough to do it. It, it is for you to uh, decide. Okay. Uh, maybe the more frequently you, you use it, the more comfortable you can be with it. Okay. It's a pity that the young lady is not frozen because I'm sure that she would have some input on this. I'm sure she would. So that's the tough part, though. It's yeah. that it has to be kept up constantly. It's not automatic. No, it's not automatic. You don't switch it on and increase its energy automatically. It is switched on by your mind when you need it. But it must be ready to be used whenever. Okay. Would this be something since we're in a military from mine, whereby a code word would be handy to no. switch it on? No. You have to visualize it and hear it. You cannot uh, say banana when you have it. You have to visualize it, the whole entire process, from the start to the finish where it covers your shields, and then you have to keep it running. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah, in this point where where I think Bethany have some trouble with it, it would be to the exclusion of all of her thoughts. Um, almost. Okay. Why did you turn and look at the chair when you said that? Because that's where she'd normally be. That's true. <laughs> Instinctive, I suppose. Mm. Okay. Okay. 
function. Next part of uh, this discussion today is stack screening. Um, we were going to go into metaconsit screening, but alas, yeah. as you say, no laughs. Okay. Now, a uh, question real quick. Okay. Mark and I were discussing the possibility of using stacked and metaconsit shooting, which is two people. Mm, this would work, but we would need to refine it. We might have to. That's right. It is a, it would be a very primitive form of uh, meta concert. Meta concert, as the word suggests, concert oh. is a group of people. Two is not a group. Three is just a group. More than three is a group. But we digress. Well, if we had at least two with a primitive form, mm -hmm. at least then at that point we could start teaching a third or fourth. Correct. Okay, but back to stack screen. Stack screen is quite simple, but it is a long-winded uh, process. To explain it is also simple, but to achieve it, it takes a little bit more work. That is why it is on a higher level than a level five. Mm -hmm. The way it works is this. You have your shields up and running. And the situation is that you are under an aggressive attack. You coat your shields with the standard. Then you place over there a dome that would be enough for you to sit in uh, and to cover your outer shields. Yeah. You visualize the density and the depth of it as you would with your regular screens. Then you stack another screen over the top of that with a space of mm, three or four inches and again visualize that shield being created, the density and the depth of it, plus um, your first part of the stack shield. Then you can add as many layers as you wish, depending on the situation. But remembering that the more that you step on it, the weaker the outer ones will get. So if you have two Let's say the first one is at 100%, the next one is at 90 the next one at that is at 75 and then 50 then 20 then 5%. Right. And so on till it is almost immeasurable. Okay? Okay. Right. Now, to recap on screening totally, um, it would be best to let Porton handle this. Okay. Uh, we won't go to Bolton straight away, he's, uh, he's preoccupied at the moment. Um, unfortunately, I'm rather on my own here at the moment. <laughs> so we will fill in briefly whilst we await the arrival of Bolton. Um, let me see. 
shielded and put to the far side to Not a question for you. Okay. Once you have up your stack shielding mm -hmm. and your stack screens, mm -hmm. uh, that will pretty much tip off whoever's trying to penetrate your capabilities. Correct. It is in a situation, as I've said, of an aggressive attack. Right. Um, using a military form of uh, defense here, would it be advisable possibly to um, uh, use a deceptive type of shield? Mm, no, not in this situation, for the simple reason that if somebody is attacking you and you work on a deceptive shield, it takes time to uh, get it into position so that you can attack them and uh, retaliate and so on, or even to let them think that you have no capabilities whatsoever, because you'd be working on protecting yourself and maybe drawing boards that um, other forms of attack that you were unaware of. Oh, I see. So this is blatantly a beacon that shows your capability and tells them to you know, back off, you know, you're not to be fooled with. Ah. So don't bother anymore. Yeah. You pretty much met your match. Mm, well, I'll try anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you can try to give that appearance. It is um, like a cat will inflate itself to look bigger. Like bravado. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That flare of uh, flamboyantness. That could be handy. Yeah. And if you can convince the person that you are that good, then maybe they'll sit back and scratch their heads and go, hmm, this guy isn't worth it. He's too good. If he can do this, maybe there's serious harm to us. Right. Okay, so in other words, it might... Well, now, let's say you put out five different stack shielding. Mm -hmm. Okay. And your fifth one is down about 20%. Right. Someone coming at them is going to see this 20% shield mm -hmm. and say, piece of cake. Then they're going to penetrate one that is about 50% and go, hmm, what's going on here? All right. And then if they penetrate that and they come across the 75%, one well, they could go, ah. Now, wouldn't that be a better idea than just putting out one that's 100% that they're going to throw everything against and try to well, go that through? that is why uh, stack screening is used. Ah. So, so of course, you have your regular shields underneath that. Right. So even if they do penetrate it, it take a lot of work to penetrate it. And then they come across this inner shield, which is strong, but they cannot penetrate because they've exerted a lot of energy trying to penetrate these other shields. So in other words, actually more than three, or at least three. At least three. That is why there's a stamp. Oh, because see, I thought I was thinking you could put as many up as the situation demanded, but... Well, it depends on the capability of your mind and how much energy you can generate. Right. For example, if you were to compare yourself um, to a total novice, you could uh, have a screen running at 1%, which would be unpenetrable for them. But we're not going to be dealing with novices. Exactly. But you see what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It 
depends on the capability of the person. The person may think themselves um, extremely good at penetrating shields, you know, have a lot of knowledge that they believe is correct, and then they hurl against the screen and they they shut to their probe. You know, I have a slight problem. Mm -hmm. That is the fact of premeditation. Mm -hmm. And that is a fact that, it, from what we're talking about here, I see a really good part where we could be caught totally unaware where only our personal shields are up. And by the time we get up stack shielding, it's too late. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about using shields in anticipation for an attack, which I don't see as being a very common thing is happening. Um, no, it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it is necessary. It is like um, looking for a military analogy that you might understand um, to behave as if a war is in expectation. You will feel yourself in a situation where there is a lot of brooding thought going on and somebody's rubbing at your regular shields that hasn't actually started to probe now they're just checking your shields out and normally what they do is they withdraw before they um, launch the assault so you it's have a that meta back. concert all right that's it all right you'll get the probes from the point mm -hmm, from the individual scouts, we might say. All right, and then the grand assault will be launched, which will give you that time. But we're not saying that this will happen by the uh, by the feeling that uh, we perceive that you are expecting an attack almost imminently. This is incorrect. No, 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 no. But what I'm trying to get is a pattern. Mm -hmm. You will feel the probes, the first wave, the scouts, you know, probing the screen, seeing what strength it is, and then they will retreat back to report to, again, the military analogy, to report back to the general to say, um, the fences are in place, they're laid out, blah, 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 blah. And then they would turn around and attack. That's the turn. Right. Of course, if you have your stack screens up, you're going to confuse them a considerable amount even before they launch the assault because A, the information that they've received is now incorrect. Right. So therefore, their assault would be disorganized and break down pretty rapidly. Uh -huh. Now, problem. <laughs> 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 okay, we're talking about dealing with three at the minimum and probably more. Mm -hmm. Now that's assuming all the elements are in place. Correct. 